When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very good Friday evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again, the O oh, the Pain podcast. It's Friday. It's July 22nd. And, of course, the Joe Beningo O oh, the Pain podcast is brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company, by KZ Sports Marketing, and, of course, by Anita Tire. All right, so I just got, you know, first of all, first of all, I just when, before I even start doing these podcasts, okay, I always do like a little warm-up before I start doing the podcast, you know, just, you know, like testing one, two, three, but I don't do testing one, two, three. What I do is sing. Okay. Now I just did a little, my wife gets a little delirious, but I just did a, a musical interlude by the late, great Sam cook. One of the great singers, late fifties into the early sixties. Um, very similar. It came to a very similar ending as the great Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye was killed by his father Sam Cooke was killed by his girlfriend. So I guess, I guess a little different, but, uh, you know, really one of the great singers of all time. So many tremendous songs. And I was sitting there singing, you send me, if you know that. And of course I'm, look, I'm a, I'm a dinosaur. You know what I mean? I mean, come on. You know, I'm not going to be singing Taylor Swift songs. I mean, you know, let's be real. Okay. But anyway, beat it as it may. So that's how I started out. Uh, I don't know if it's available. I don't know if anybody want to hear it, but you know, I try, you know, I try. I got a lot of songs always going through my head. So, but anyway, so, I, and not only that, but I just got off the golf course. Now, usually when we do the podcast here, I do it in the morning, like early in the morning. I do it like maybe six thirty, seven in the morning. Cause our cat, a wonder, we have two just wonderful cats, Iggy and Dante gets us up. Iggy, not Dante, but Iggy gets us up every morning. You know, he's all of a sudden he's jumping on the mirror. He's jumping on this, the headboard of the, of the bed. You know, whatever he's doing, he's, he's, you know, you're hearing him chirp a little bit, you know, all of that. So he, so he gets us up, you know, early in the morning. So generally I, I have people, I don't know if anybody gives it to him what we're talking about here, but I'm rambling on, you know, ramble on by Zeppelin. No, digressing totally. But anyway, so we get up very early in the morning because of the cat, 630, 6.30, that's like sleeping in like five, five thirty, whatever. Uh, lately, he's been actually not uh, getting us up to like about 5.15. It's like, you know, sleep until 10. So anyway, so I do this show early in the morning. And today, I did it a little late because we played golf. I had something I had to do this morning. Got a little issue with the car. It's got a brake issue. So I had to take it in this morning and all of this. So we didn't do it. We played golf this afternoon. Hot. Only played nine holes up at Rockley, but we played nine. So I'm I'm actually a little tired. So usually I'm like, you know, peppy in the morning and pumped up and like juiced up and ready to go. You know, I got my coffee going and all this other stuff. Now I'm like, you know, kind of like, you know, it's been like like Gatorade. You know, that's really what it's been. But anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed the deadest week of the sports year. Is there really, you know, is there really a worse week of the sports year than the All-Star break week? I mean, really, does anybody really care about the All-Star game? I understand you know, maybe if you're a Yankee fan, you were pumped up that Gene Carlo hit the big two-run home run and got the MVP of the game. I'm sure you'd rather see Gene Carlo get the World Series MVP. I think you'd be a little happier about that. But anyway, uh, maybe that excited you. I don't know. I mean, you know, they really didn't do too much for me. 
but good for him, you know. But the All-Star game just thought, you know, the, the home run derby, that didn't get me excited. Juan Soto wins the home run derby. You know, of course, he's on the market, trade market. I actually have what I feel <clears throat> is a fair trade. Now, I understand that Juan Soto is never going to be traded from the Mets to the Nationals. The Nationals are not trading him in the division. He's under control for another two and a half years. I, I can't see that. But you never know. But I doubt it. I mean, I would say it's very remote. They're going to probably trade him. You know, maybe the Yankees. I'm sure they would. But the Yankees have an issue with Judge. I mean, how do you take on Soto's salary with the Judge situation? So that I don't see that being realistic. But they're going to probably, like, you know, try to ship him to the Texas Rangers or the Angels. Or the Angels could have another great player and never win. You know, they could match they could match Soto up with uh, Otani and, and, and Trout and still be 20 games under 500. But whatever. I digress. Uh, you know, a little digression here. But, you know, they're going to send him probably to some American League team. <clears throat> I doubt they're going to, you know, I doubt they're going to trade him to the Mets. But I have a good trade, which I think is a fair trade for the Mets. Here's the deal, all right? Obviously, you got to give him Alvarez, the catcher, the number one prospect. Francisco Alvarez, that's a no-brainer. You got to give him him. Then I would give him, they could make a choice. They could take one of two pitches. They could take David Peterson. Not that I want to trade these guys, but we're talking to Juan Soto. They could take David Peterson or they could take Tyler McGill. You could take one or the other. You could even make a case they could have both of them. You could think about it. You don't have to think about that a little bit. You would. You don't want to trade two pitches like that. I would say, you know, one or the other. That would be be fairer. But I don't know if that would be a deal breaker if they wanted both of them, but I don't know if that's the case. But I would give them either Peterson or or Tyler McGill. And then I, I think I'd have to give him a position player. And the only guy, as much as I love the guy, that I could see realistically giving him is Jeff McNeil. I mean, I, I think that's the guy. I would hate to part with him, but, you know, we're talking to Juan Soto. The guy's 23 years old, under control for another two and a half years, you know, playing right field for the Mets. Not bad. We'd be you know, pretty good. And then you could give him another prospect. I mean, I don't know what these other, you know, what are, who are the other big prospects in the Mets system? You know, you could give him somebody else like that. I mean, I think that's kind of a fair deal, right? Alvarez, everybody loves him. He, you know, he, maybe the second best um, uh, prospect coming out of the minor leagues right now in all of baseball. Peterson, who's a solid young left-hand pitcher. Uh, McGill gets hurt a lot, but so maybe Peterson would be the guy. And McNeil, who's a 300 hitter. I mean, McNeil's back to hitting 300. He's kind of slumped a little bit in the last couple of weeks, just like the whole Met offense has, let's be honest. But I think that would be a... A rel- you know, a pretty fair deal going forward for Soto. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I absolutely do not. I don't think Washington would ever trade him within the division. But to me, that's a you know a pretty fair package. We'll do a little talk radio here. That's a pretty fair package for a guy as good as Juan Soto. So, like I said, I doubt it's going to happen. We'll see if they trade him. We'll see where they trade him and all of that. But it is what it is. Mets uh, about, uh, start the second half of the season tonight. They play uh, three with the San Diego Padres, and Max Scherzer making the start, as he should. I mean, is there any reason why the first game back after the All-Star break, and I forget, when did Scherzer last pitch? Can't remember the last game. Pitched in Chicago, right? One of the games against the Cubs. So that was over the weekend. I mean, there's no reason that Max Scherzer should not be pitching the first game coming back from the All-Star game. So a little ShopRite bowl and basket water here. But anyway, so – uh, that's a good thing. Scherzer will be on the mound. <clears throat> I guess you'll see all the big, right? It's, I think it's Scherzer, 
Bassett and is it Taquan Walker pitching the third game of the San Diego series? I believe that's what it is. And then an off day again. And then the Mets play two with the Yankees at City Field. So uh, that's coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. And who knows? Are we going to see – is Jacob DeGrom going to pitch one of those games? Is he actually – he did have a little twinge. It wasn't a twinge. It was tightness, tightness in his shoulder, whatever it is. I get tightness everywhere in my body on a daily basis. But then again, uh, you know, but he had a little tightness in his shoulder. Didn't miss a rehab start. So are we going to see him finally next week? Is he going to pitch in the Yankee series? Is he going to pitch somewhere after that? I don't know. But, again, wake me up when Big Jake, you know, makes his return to the mound. It's only been over a year now. You know, what happens first? Jake comes in, and I know he's on the, on the I.L. right now, Dom Smith. He's on the I.L., right? They put him on retroactive to last week. He hurt himself running the bases. He hurt his groin, whatever he did, you know, hamstring, whatever. But what happens first? Jake comes back because he hasn't pitched for over a year. Well, Dom Smith hits a home run because he hasn't hit a home run in over a year. It's almost like the same day that the last time those two uh, things occurred with these guys. So who knows? Anyway, Mets, uh, as they go into the second half, 58 and 35 on the season, two and a half game lead over Atlanta in the division. They got a three game lead in the loss column. They still got a lot of games left with Atlanta. I believe Atlanta plays the Angels, the crummy Angels tonight. I think Otani's actually pitching in that game. So, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, Otani, who's pitched great, you know, of course, everybody loves him. Oh, he's got to be the MVP. You know, forget Aaron Judge. You know, it's got to be Otani. They're only 15 games under 500, but nevertheless. Um, so, I think, so they're playing the Braves tonight. I believe it's in Atlanta. But it is Otani pitching, so that's something to keep an eye on. But, you know, Anaheim stinks. So, we all know that. Anyway, it is what it is. One thing has to happen, though, with the Mets. They have to stay in first place. It, it, to me, it's it's imperative, and I'll get to the Yankees in a second. It is imperative that the Mets win the division. You know, they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think I don't think they're, they're going to collapse and not make the playoffs. I don't see that happening with this team. I don't see it at all. But they have to win the division. If they fall out of first place, I have no confidence that they're going to get back to first place again. So to me, it's imperative that they hang on and stay there. Uh, you know, San Diego's a tough team. Got to, you know, got to keep winning these series. You know, you got to keep doing that. Got to keep winning these series. You do. We have a little thing on. These things pop up on the screen. Yeah, I don't know. You know, this stuff is like foreign to me, you know. I don't know. But, you know, I won't even say what it is. I mean, I don't even know what it is. My wife's doing something here, clicking it away. Last scan was, oh, here we go. Oh, we're back. It's fine. It's fine. It's, fine. it's great. So anyway, they cannot, <laughs> they cannot fall behind Atlanta in the division. Uh, in my mind, and they have to win the division. I mean, to me, that's a, the Mets. They rarely win the division. How many times they won the division in their history? Right, it hasn't been many. What, 69, 73, They won the division. Eighty six, they won the division. Eighty eight, they won the division. Oh six, they won the division, and uh, fifteen, they won the division. So what is that? Six times they won the NL East. Six times in sixty years. So I win the division, and you avoid all that nonsense with the wild card stuff. I mean, you don't want to get involved in these two out of three wild card series where really anything, look, anything can happen in a five-game series, seven-game series, we know that. But you don't want to get involved in these two out of three uh, little mini-series in the wild card. So to me, it's imperative the Mets win the division. You know, one other thing about the Mets, you know, we forget, you know, we talk about, you know, what how great, you know, Buck has been, but he's been tremendous, maybe the most important addition the Mets made, Buck Walter, obviously Scherzer, 
stalling Monte. By the way, did you check out the outfit Monte had on at the All-Star game? Oh, my God. Did you see that? Talk about a guy that's ripped. It looks like he could play like, uh, yeah, I don't know, somewhere in the NFL. Why did we see? His body reminds me of uh, DK Metcalf. That's that's how ripped he is, stalling Monte. But anyway, yeah, only he could pull off that suit. You know, you got to have like a, a body like Monte to pull off the suit he had on with no shirt. But anyway, be that as it may. Um, now I'm I'm losing my train of thought. No, but I mean, no, you love what Monte's brought to the table. Canna, you know, Escobar could have been, ba- you know, had a. I want to see a big, a better first half from uh, Eduardo Escobar, and obviously the Mets got to make a deal. They got to, They need another arm out of the bullpen. Maybe it's David Robertson. The trading deadline is August second. They need another, another uh, arm out of the bullpen, and you know another bad. I mean, they're just not hitting that much. I mean, even Alonso is really. He's only hit a couple home runs in the last month or so. He's still been driving eight, driving in runs. He leads the, the majors with seventy eight RBIs. He's been driving in runs, but he has not been hitting home runs like he was earlier in the year. So they need another big bat, power bat. I don't know who that bat Look, It could be Juan Soto would be great, but we know that's not happening. But maybe a guy like Josh Bell from Washington or uh, Nelson Cruz. I don't know. Somebody. Maybe you bring Alvarez up and you make him be the DH. I mean, you know, it's something to think about. But anyway, that, so they need help there. They need another bat. And I think another arm out of the bullpen. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what happens by August 2nd. But how... How big a deal? How much we talk about all of this? Like I said, we're talking about how great Buck has been and and, and Scherzer and Marte, all these guys they brought in. How about Steve Cohen as the owner? I mean, I, what, uh, you're a Met fan like me and all the Met fans that suffered through all the years of the Wilpons owning the team. How freaking unbelievably refreshing is it that this guy is now the owner of the Mets? I mean, you finally have an owner not only willing, willing to spend money, but that gets it about the history of this franchise. You know, to see the statues finally up, I guess that was in the works when the Wilpons still owned the team, you know. So that's up. That's tremendous. It's long overdue that the Tom Seaver statue is up. You know, that, that should have been up when City Field opened. They should have had the Seaver statue up by then, but whatever. Better late than never. Thank God it's up. Like I said, I guess this was already in the works when the Wilpons still owned the team, I guess. But whatever. Uh but it's up now, and Steve Cohen is the owner. So, and they and and the retiring of the numbers. I mean, Jerry Kuzman's number getting retired last year. Keith Hernandez's number getting retired this year. And they got it. I keep saying this: you got to retire Daryl Strawberry and Doc Gooden's number. I am sitting right now here with my, my Daryl Strawberry T-shirt on. I've had it for a while. It's stellar. You know, old school, the whole thing. One of my all-time, maybe my all-time favorite Met, Daryl. But you cannot tell the story of the 60 years of Met baseball and specifically the 80s. And look, Hernandez should have been the first guy with his number retired. He changed everything. I know, You know, I've been thinking about it. There's no question. Hands down, hands down, the greatest trade in the history of the Mets was getting Hernandez fleecing the Cardinals. And we thank Whitey Herzog and everybody over there. And, you know, whatever the reason, was it the drug thing, whatever. Fleecing the Cardinals by giving them Neil Allen and Rick Ombi to get, you know, one of the all-time greatest first basemen there ever was, who, by the way, should be all in the Hall of Fame, and certainly the greatest defensive first baseman, great hit, all of it, all of it. That has to be the greatest trade in Met history. And that really kind of set the tone for what we were going to see in the 80s. But you cannot tell the story without Daryl Strawberry and without Doc Gooden. And I've said this over and over, and I understand, especially, you know, with Doc, 
not necessarily Daryl, but with Doc, you're a little worried because you never know with Doc. You know, you know, you could have the the number retirement ceremony for Doc, and Doc doesn't show up. I mean, I hate to I hate to bring this up, but this is a concern, and I'm sure this is something the Mets are concerned about a little bit with Doc. But that won't happen. That's not going to happen with Daryl. And to me, they both should go be the numbers should be retired together. Because even though they really were never as close as maybe it was made out to be when they were playing, you know, they they, they will ever, Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden will ever be entwined together, you know, in, in Met history and in, you know, the 80s, those, the Met City 80s, really, which was the greatest run, you know, from 1984 to 1990 is the greatest run of baseball the Mets ever had. They were a contender every year. They won one championship, should have been more. They won the other, they won a division in 88, should have been more. But if they had the wild card situation like they have now or had, you know, for the last number of years in baseball, you know, since 94, uh, the Mets would have made the playoffs every year, every year. But that wasn't the setup back then. Only four teams made the playoffs back then. The two division winners in the two, it was only four divisions, two divisions in each league back then. The four division winners, and that was it. Those are the only ones that made it which is really probably the way it should be anyway, but, you know, it is what it is. But Strawberry's number has to be retired, and Doc's number has to be retired. And I I plead with Steve Cohen, Steve, get it done. I think Steve understands how much these guys meant to this franchise, no matter how it played out. I understand it didn't play out the way we wanted to. I understand Doc, you know, was in a... a, a a, a, a drug aftermath stupor the day of the championship parade and didn't show up. I get it. And there's a lot of different things. You know, Doc hasn't always been the most reliable. But back in the old days, Shea Stadium never rocked like it rocked when Doc Gooden pitched. 1984, 1985, 1986. And really, the Mets won. When Doc pitched, they won. He might not have been the same guy that he was in 84 and 85, but they won. I mean, he was like, what, 70, 80 games over 500 as a Mets? Something like that. And I know we devalue wins, but you know what the bottom line is? The Mets won when he took them out. That's it. And it really is all about winning, even though, you know, the uh, the stat geeks, you know, will, uh, you know, the uh, OPS plus people, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, will, you know, try to argue differently. All right. So there, there you go. Got to get Daryl's number retired. Steve Cohen, please do. Got to get Doc's number retired. Please, please got to get it done. Gary Carter as well, eventually. Okay, but, you know, you can wait a little bit on Gary. I want to get these two guys done while they're still alive. You know, so just like Kuzman and obviously Keith. So that's that's what you want, how you want to do it. All right, anyway, Beningo, I'll get to the Yankees in a minute. I know I'm rambling on here, <laughs> but I don't really care. Anyway, um, all right, my sponsors. Now, a week from today, is our next big live podcast. It will be at the just tremendous Hackensack Brewing Company, of course, located 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge and less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack's Fairmont uh, neighborhood. Uh, the tap room's open 4.30 to 10, Monday through Friday, 2 to 10, Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. God, you know, there's still no tombstone for me, but uh, we're working on it. Anyway, check it out. A week from tonight, and we have a special guest. This time, you know, we've had John Jastrzemski in the past, Kim Jones. My old partner, the great Evan Roberts, will be with us live and in person and in living color. A week from tonight, 
at the Hackensack Brewing Company, so you do not want to miss it. Beningo and Roberts together again, at least for one night. So you want to check it out a week from tonight at the Hackensack Brewing Company, uh, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. And, of course, KZ Sports Marketing, my buddy Kenny Zor, uh, you know, helps, helps me book guests for the Yoda Payne podcast. You know what a terrific guy he is. At least that's what Kenny tells me he is. But anyway, if you're looking to secure your favorite athlete or celebrity for any event, could be a charity function, corporate golf adding, in-store autograph appearance, give Zor a call. KZ Sports Marketing, the phone number, you can text him. You can call him, 516-996-7616, 516-996-7616. Visit kzsportsmarketing.com. Tell him Beningo sent you. Coming up August 8th, a week from Monday, or two weeks from Monday, week from, two weeks from Monday, will be the uh, Marty Lyons Golf Adding, Charity Golf Adding, the old Westbury Country Club out in Long Island. I'll be there. I got a helicopter all set to take me out there, me and my wife out there, and uh, it'll be stellar. So, uh, but I want to thank Kenny Zor for inviting me out there as well. All right, Beningo with the Oda Payne podcast. I'm going to take a little hit of water here. It's water. I can't, I wish I could have a cocktail. Friday night, how much would I love to have right now, right at this moment, right at this moment, a stoli, double stoli martini, a little onion, one of those cocktail onions in it. Oh my God. How good. Woo! My stomach says no. You know, like the old, Rod's the great Rod Stewart song. My heart can't tell you no. He's got many great songs, but that's one of them. My heart can't tell you no. Well, my stomach can't tell me no. And it does tell me no. It's more like my stomach tells me no, you know? So I can't eat it. Can't drink it. Whatever I'm talking about. I'm rambling on. All right, anyway. So I'm drinking water. So the Yankees, there is nothing better. <clears throat> the Yankees, lose. They, they start the second half of the season losing a doubleheader to the Astros in Houston. There is no, you know, right? Look, most of baseball doesn't, you know, it's not like the old days. I, I'm into the Mets. I watch every Met game. I'm on top of every Met game. Absolutely. Outside of the Mets, I, I, you know, I'm not going crazy about what's out there, what about the rest of baseball. I'm not watching, you know, the Mariners play the Angels. You know, I'm not doing that, you know. But Yankees Astros is must see baseball. Now, I didn't see the first game yesterday, the Astros with the walk-off win after the Yankees had tied it in the top of the ninth inning. But I did watch the night game. And Houston, I mean, it's unbelievable. They wind up beating the Yankees five out of seven in the regular season. The two games the Yankees won were two walk-off wins. Judge getting the big hits. One was an extra inning in a home run. And one was uh, a big double he hit to win that game and walk-off. You know, they came from behind. Those are the only games they won. They could have easily lost all seven. Now, it doesn't really matter until you get to October. But Yankees, Astros, to me, look, you know the kind of Met fan I am? I want to win the World Series. No doubt about it. Get me there. We'll go from there. I don't care who's sitting there. The Yankees, the Astros, not that I really want to play the Yankees or the Astros, but the Yankees, the Astros, uh, whoever. It's going to be one of them. I don't see any. You can't sell me anybody else winning the American League but those two teams. So it's going to be one of them. Where do I sign to play one of them? You know, and winning the National League. The Mets got a long way to go to that to do that. Let's win the division first. But Yankees Astros is as good a theater and as good a rivalry as we have in sports now. And you could talk all you want about Yankees Red Sox. And I understand, you know, going back 150 years, Ted Williams, Joe DiMaggio, you know, the the, the curse of the Bambino, selling Babe Ruth to the Yankees, all it is. 
We could go on and on, you know, the Bucky Dent game, or you know, uh, what that 2004 coming back from 3-0 boss. All of this. There is nothing, nothing like Houston Yankees right now. And the Astros have beaten the Yankees three times now in the playoffs. They beat them in that play-in game. What was that back in? I forget what year was it. What year was that? I forget. 15, whatever. They beat them in the playoffs in 17. They beat them in the playoffs uh, in 19. Last year, the Yankees lost to the Red Sox in that playing game. Cole got beat up. But Yankees, Astros, I mean, how good is it? And the Astros are really, I mean, all right, you want to tell me the Dodgers, but the Astros have been to the World Series, what, three times since 17? They've been in the ALCS every year since, since 17? They won a world championship. They Two other times they won the pennant, came very close to winning. I mean, you know, uh, Yankees-Astros. I, I can only pray. I will be all over that if that's the ALCS. And, again, I don't see how it's not. I mean, what team are you selling me that's going to beat one of these two teams in the playoffs? The Red Sox? The Rays? The Blue Jays? Who, how about the Orioles? How about the Baltimore Orioles that are – as they start, the Yankees play the Orioles now, three-game weekend series at Camden Yards. By the way, it's on Amazon tonight, of course. Like, every Yankee game now on a Friday night's on Amazon. Do we really need it? I mean, come on. Thank God the Mets aren't on Amazon tonight. The Mets are actually on, you know, SNY tonight. And thank God next week, Met, Met Yankee games are both, we'll see them. One, you know, the, the Tuesday night game's on Yes and SNY, and then the Wednesday night game is on ESPN. Why, I don't know. Because nobody outside of New York cares about the Mets and the Yankees playing each other. They really don't. They don't. So, why, you know, one of the lowest-rated World Series we ever had was 2000 World Series because, you know, yeah, New York, it was unbelievable, you know, going through the roof, but nobody else cared about it in the rest of the country when the Mets played the Yankees in 2000. So I don't know why it's on ESPN. I have no idea. But, look, it only matters what happens in October. But right now, you know, to me, the Yankees have to knock through that Houston Astro door. And you, to me, you could talk about whoever you want to talk about in Major League Baseball, the best team in baseball. Talk about the Yankees. Talk about the Dodgers. You can talk about the Mets. You can talk about whatever team you want to talk about, the Atlanta Braves. Give me the team, all right? Who you think is the best team in baseball right now? To me, it's the Houston Astros. Houston, Houston Astros are one, and the Yankees are 1A. That's how I would put it right now. And it would absolutely behoove the Yankees who I believe now, I believe their lead is what down to two in the loss column for best overall record in the American League. The Yankees do not want to have to play a seventh game at Minute Maid Park. They don't. That has been a chamber of horrors for them. They have all kinds of trouble scoring runs there. Uh, you know, they want to look, the Astros give them trouble in Yankee Stadium, too. I mean, let's, you know, we know that. But it would behoove the Yankees. This is, as as much as the Yankees, you look at it and say it's going to be a cakewalk the, the second half of the season for them to win the division, they really can't just cakewalk because they need to finish ahead of the Houston Astros. They have to, and I, I've never been a big proponent of, you know, home field advantage meaning that much in baseball. I've never been, like, you know, delirious about it. You know, we've seen plenty of seventh games that were won by the visiting team in baseball. We've seen it over and over and over again. But I think in this case, home field means everything for the Yankees. They want to play. You have it to me. It is imperative for them to play a seventh game if it comes down to that in the American League Championship Series against the Astros at Yankee Stadium. It is absolutely imperative that that's the case. So we'll see how it plays out. 
But no better theater than Yankees-Astros and uh, Houston taking it to the Yankees again yesterday as they sweep that doubleheader in Minute Maid Park. Now, uh, don't forget, in fact, I was there today. I got to get some work done on my breaks. I saw my my son Johnny and his great boss, Harry. Uh, and that, of course, is a needed discount tire in uh, Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue. Go check them out. Anything you need done for your car, anything for tires, see Johnny, see Harry, and they will get it done for you. So uh, we got, like I said, we had a little brake issue. Can't mess around with the brakes. So um, we're going to be getting that done from them. So you want to go check it out and uh, tell them Joe sent you. Again, Anita Discount Tire, Rivervale, uh, New Jersey. And, of course, it's on Westwood Avenue. All right. Beningo, the Oda Payne Podcast. Uh, I was going to give you, you know, I've been thinking a lot about my all-time team, my all-time baseball team. I don't know if people care, but – I'm going to give you my all-time baseball team for because I got about a minute and a half to fill and I got nothing better to do. You know, I can sit here and rip Makai Becton, you know, that he's on physically unable to perform with, with the Jets or get ready for for the uh, uh, training camp to start next week. So I may actually go out. I may go out. I may go out there next week. I know Kenny, uh, the great uh, uh, Kenny Scarbaggio, and, of course, Joey and Clark want to go out, take go out to camp. Ira in Staten Island will be there. He's got his launch here. Ira's, Ira's got, like, a permanent spot there. Like, they've got, like, you know, like, I think they got, like, actually maybe, like, a monument now where Ira sits when he goes when he goes out to Florham Park. There might be, like, a monument. So, I don't know. But I know those guys want me to go out there. I may go. Uh, I may have to, you know, bring – because, I'll you know, I could have Kenny and Joey being my bodyguards. And we know how much the Jets absolutely adore me. You know, they love me so much. So, uh, we'll see. By the way – it was very, it was very good to hear Braxton Barrios, and thank God the Jets signed him. Boy, I would have been so ticked if they didn't. Uh, ba- Barrios say that anything short of the playoffs this year is not good enough for the Jets. Isn't it great that he actually hear that from a Jet player instead of the constant nonsense and propaganda that you hear coming out of you know the propaganda machine, you know the uh, that runs the Jets, you know the PR department of the Jets. Unbelievable. All right, I'm going to run. Next time I do the show, we'll do the all to my all-time baseball team. I'll do it. That might be interesting. Have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, whatever you're doing at the pool, playing golf, working on your tan. All the love, everybody. I'll talk to you Monday.